0: Okay, good morning. So today uh, <clears throat> is Wednesday, August 18. Time is flying right along. And I want to read and do some commentary on uh, Chapter 4, Changsu, uh translated by Burton Watson. This is Class 24. Uh, this chapter is called In the World of Men. <clears throat> and it's a somewhat long chapter, about 16, 17 pages. And again, this is the second read-through, final read-through with commentary. There are two main themes, it seems to me, in this chapter. One is uh, Changsu's guidance to the reformer who's trying to help wayward kings. This also is applicable to anyone trying to do service by speaking, meaning educational or uh, giving advice, advisorial. and uh, has some implicit criticism um, of rigidified uh, Confucian principles of benevolence previously there's some criticism of uh, benevolence and righteousness like when the Tao is lost then benevolence and righteousness come into the world meaning uh, when there's a loss of harmony with Tao, which really means uh an, a a quite significantly enlightened attitude to life and phenomena and fate and destiny and and occurrence and situations, a quite enlightened attitude, very thoroughly green blue indigo um, love and acceptance based non manipulation non avoidance <clears throat> and wisdom. Uh, knowing and a spiritual perspective uh, on this incarnation, the big view of um, human life. when that 's all in place, we have a genren or somebody who 's on the way to full genren um, attainment, enlightenment, the sage, and their approach to service, different than <clears throat> those that are stuck in right and wrong or good or bad, or the dualistic approach to service. And so, non dual, Taoist non dual service, or wu wei, being non action, but really non interference and sort of a natural benevolence and righteousness that would never say, I'm benevolent and righteous. That, um, like Ra talking, the, the best I can explain it, or a, a very subtle, I think, explanation, Ra talking about something like, service is automatic at the energy generated by um, the Kundalini flow going, getting up to six chakra. <clears throat> Meaning, typical Hindu, yogic, Shiva Shakti, analogy, root chakra, crown chakra, energy, pranic flow, intelligent energy from the root to crown. When we've cleared uh, the lower triad blockages and done deep healing, when there's much development of love and wisdom or heartful understanding the buddhi the way of buddhi as nityananda would say then one is more fully in uh, non-dual awareness not fully enlightened obviously but more fully uh, really knowing what unconditional acceptance is about Um, freedom from either exaggeration or suppression not avoiding my process my feelings not making more of them than they are. Being okay with phenomena and the course of life as is. That doesn't mean non intervention. It means non interruption, which is a little subtle, non distortion. And keeping it the big view. <clears throat> and that means all sorts of other qualities like faith and uh, true self value and um, flexibility. When all that's in play, like energy liberated by uh, the contact with six chakra or energy going from root to six, service to others is automatic, Ross said. Because there's a, an awareness of non-duality, or there's non-dual awareness, or there's some freedom from right and wrong, better and worse, good and bad, I hate, I love, um, I can't stand, I must have, dot, 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 grasping and aversion. There's a freedom from a radical freedom from the distortions of polarity in non-duality. And that awareness is uh, of service. And that's closer to the Taoist ideal of true benevolence and righteousness that is not the same as the Confucian, what they would say, rigidified or um, unenlightened views of benevolence and righteousness. So that's the first... Topic of the chapter, the jongsu's you know, guidance to the reformer in the <clears throat> in the vehicle of dialogues between Confucius or another sage and one of their students who's asking, How should I approach this wayward ruler? And the second part of the chapter could be summarized as the use of the uselessness, the use of the useless, or the fact that nothing's useless. Everything's valuable. If you can see its value or everything's valuable and we can see that value. But if we don't, if we're not flexible, uh, we can't see the value of what's um, commonly considered valueless or the use of the useless, the use of what's presumed and commonly thought of as useless. So the value of uh, challenge (laughs) The, the value of all sorts of things that normally are, are of dukkha or not the, the sukha and the value of the dukkha is not normally seen like that. So uh, maybe this chapter will take a couple of weeks. Let me read through and see how the balance between reading and commentary goes. So chapter four, In the World of Men, Uh, Burton Watson, PDF, page 88, Uh, dialogue between the beloved disciple of Confucius, Yan Hui, and Confucius, who in this case, again, is a stand-in for Chang Su sharing his philosophy. And you'll see that same kind of um, motif of uh, senior student and teacher master um, seeking guidance on uh, approaching the wayward ruler uh, as a reformer uh, so that that's the standard here and we'll see it in a couple of instances so in the world of men uh, Yan Hui went to see Confucius and asked permission to take a trip where are you going? I'm going to Wei one of the states of China at that time what will you do there? Yanwei replies, I've heard that the ruler of Wei is very young. He acts in an independent manner, thinks little of how he rules his state, and fails to see his faults. Many people, we know that. <laughs> it's common. It's nothing to him to lead his people into peril, and his dead are reckoned by swamp fools like so much grass. His people have nowhere to turn. I've heard you say, Master, quote, leave the state that is well ordered and go to the state in chaos. like Yeshua going to the sheep that wandered, not the 99 that haven't. At the doctor's gate are many sick men. And so that's the end of the quote he's uh, repeating to Confucius. So go to the place where there's sickness and cows. And Yanwei says, I want to use these words as my standard in hopes that I can restore his state to health. Ah, said Confucius, you'll probably go and get yourself executed. That's all. The Tao doesn't want things mixed in with it. And here we come get some of the teaching. The Tao doesn't want things mixed in with it. When it becomes a mixture, it becomes many ways. With many ways, there's a lot of bustle. And where there's a lot of bustle, there's trouble. Trouble that has no remedy. The perfect man of ancient times like Zhenren, the, and I can say, Zhenren of ancient times, made sure he had it in himself before he tried to give it to others. This is a (laughs) key principle, if you hadn't heard it before. The perfect man of ancient times made sure he had it in himself before he tried to give it to others. When you're not even sure what you've got in yourself, how do you have time to bother about what some tyrant is doing? So the importance of Uh, Take care of your own home before you go to others to help them fix their home. Like Nityananda would say, eat what's on your plate, not what's on their plate. Uh, Responsibility, proper definition or a rightful assessment, wise, rightful assessment, measurement of what it is that's our responsibility to take care of and making sure that we take care of that. Um, To some degree, Uh, prior to or as priority to uh, going to help others help themselves or reform others or whatever however you want to think about it and again that has to be understood personally and applied um, uniquely to each situation each person's case then Confucius goes on do you know what it is that destroys virtue and where wisdom comes from and now we have the kind of subtle criticism of the common ways of reformers virtue is destroyed and virtue may be duh like doubting duh. virtue is destroyed by fame and wisdom comes out of wrangling <laughs> now is that saying wrangling is good and uh the virtue uh when we have fame we lose virtue yeah fame is something and now he's um using wisdom and fame in a negative, the negative sense of wisdom. I mean, their view of sort of an ossified wisdom. People who say, I'm wise, I'm an expert, I'm a professional. So a certain kind of uh, arrogance and presumption in the knowing. So, fame, he goes on, fame is something to beat people down with. And wisdom, that mistaken wisdom, is a device for wrangling, to, to argue. Both are evil weapons, not the sort of thing to bring you success. Though your virtue, your real virtue, your duh may be great and your good faith unassailable if you don't understand men's spirits. Though your fame may be wide and you don't strive with others, you don't wrangle, if you don't understand men's minds but instead appear before a tyrant, and we can say someone that you're trying to help and force him to listen to sermons on benevolence and righteousness measures and standards. This is simply using other man's bad points to parade your own excellence. This is a very useful uh, reminder. Um, It's so easy to be critical of other people. Uh, And to what degree are we using other men's bad points to parade our own excellence or to reaffirm our goodness? by being stuck on criticism of them. To some degree, we commonly do that. You will be called a plaguer of others. He who plagues others will be plagued in turn. You will probably be plagued by this man, meaning the, the tyrant if you approach him this way. And Confucius goes on, and suppose he is the kind who actually delights in worthy men and hates the unworthy, in a, in a true sense, then why does he need you to make him any different? You had best keep your advice to yourself. Kings and dukes always lord it over others and fight to win the argument. You'll find your eyes growing dazed, your color changing, your mouth working to invent excuses, your attitude becoming more and more humble, or we can say small, uh, until in your mind you end by supporting him. This is to pile fire on fire, to add water to water, and it's called, quote, increasing the excessive. If you give in at the beginning, there will be no place to stop. Since your fervent advice is almost certain not to be believed, you're bound to die if you come into the presence of a tyrant. A true tyrant, you know, doesn't want to be told he's wrong or inadequate in his understanding. And then are some examples from history. He goes on. In ancient times, Jie put Guanglongfeng to death. Zhou put Prince Kang to death. Both Guanglongfeng and Prince Bikang were scrupulous in their conduct. So these killing reformers. They were scrupulous in their conduct, bent down to comfort and aid the common people, and used their positions as ministers to oppose their superiors. Therefore their rulers, Jie and Zhou, utilized their scrupulous conduct as a means to trap them for they were too fond of good fame. In ancient times, Yao attacked Kongzi and Suao, and Yu attacked Yu Hu, and these states were left empty and unpeopled, their rulers cut down. It was because they employed their armies constantly and never ceased their search for gain. All were seekers of fame or gain. Have you alone not heard of them? Even the sages cannot cope with men who are after fame or gain, much less a person like you. Now, I mean, I think of Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, I wouldn't have approached him (laughs) ever and said uh, they, they were, you know, he was clearly bent, I think, he was quite saintly, frankly, scrupulous in his conduct, but not because he's trying for fame. Bent down to comfort and aid the common people, he surely did. He was beloved, and used their positions as ministers to oppose their superiors. He surely opposed other, you know, tyrannical uh, government people. Uh, I believe Lyndon Johnson hated him, hated Bobby Kennedy, and I can um, I understand why um, why there was that conflict. But I don't think you can say you can say that. Yeah, he was he was trapped by his virtue or he was cut down, surely. <clears throat> should he have not done what he'd done and gone off to the forest and been a Taoist sage? I would never say so. And I don't know if they would. And frankly, if somebody did say that, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, you should go to the forest and be a Taoist sage and preserve your long life and um, don't get cut down, Don't get don't, don't have your life cut down short. I would never have said that. And I think that would be a wrong teaching to him, for sure, without a doubt. So, you know, that's how I <clears throat> integrate this teaching with that real-life example of somebody who got cut down for their virtue. But he wasn't ch- chasing fame and gain. He was sincerely, um, be- kindly bent to serve. And <clears throat> uh, this teaching, again, is 2,300 years old and of a certain time, and for a certain group, and of a certain perspective. Uh, One has to make this one's own, or see how it's applicable and, and how it's not. And I think that's the case with everybody's teaching. Everybody teaches what they've learned. And what I've learned is good for me, hopefully. And what you've learned that is good for you may not be good for me, or it may have been good for me in the past, but not now. Or it may be good for me sometimes, but not other kind, not in other cases. So one should be very careful about this. And so <clears throat> there are people who are very happy to uh, give their life to unconditional service and be cut down in their prime. They're not they want to be. But they have committed to that even prior to the Incarnation. And that's in play here too. Or that's in play in the world here too. And uh, nobody should... Uh, presume that you have uh, absolute infallible wisdom when you're not fully enlightened obviously and so but again it's back to eat what's on your own plate and so don't presume to know other people's path better than they themselves and even if they don't know and they're asking um don't 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 be domineering and um The best I think we can do, or what I try to do in counseling, is to help people find their own truths, the truths that are uh, painful but uh, needed for healing, and the truths that are constructive and creative and useful for further growth, meaning the way forward or or the righteous way of uh, continued development. So all those truths are important, but they're yours, not mine. And I would never want to presume to tell... That, that one size never fits all, never uh, meanwhile, you know the seven chakra development <laughs> as the purpose of incarnation right, the purpose of incarnation evolution of my body spirit as Ross said, I think that fits all so, but how a soul does my body spirit evolution in any one incarnation uh, is a very delicate matter and um, presumption is uh, folly Presumption is folly. So going on, <coughs> Confucian, Confucius, bottom page 91, uh, goes back to Yanwei and says, okay, however, you must have some plan in mind. Come tell me what it is. Yanwei replies and and tries to give a couple of options of how he ought to, or now, you know, re- revisions of his plan of approach to the rule. Yanwei said, well, <clears throat> I add the well well, if I'm grave and empty hearted diligent and of one mind, won't that do it's grave empty hearted diligent of one mind. this is usually you know it's absolutely beautiful guidance and conduct uh in some cases. grave means real serious, real sober no no intoxication super do du- super sa super sober, truly sober. No fuckery in mind. And empty hearted. Really receptive. Really present, open, diligent and of one mind, committed to whatever it takes for service and reform. And of one mind, not divided, not conflicted. Sounds great to me, right? Won't that do? Confucius, again uh, speaking for Zhang Su says, goodness, how could that do? <clears throat> and and this is, um, you know, there's the difference between uh, true virtue and the appearance of virtue. The appearance of virtue may or may not be true virtue. And true virtue may or may not appear to be virtue. Mm. True virtue may or may not appear <clears throat> um, as anything particularly noticeable. Hmm. Goodness, how could that do, Confucius said. You may put on a fine outward show and seem very impressive, but you can't avoid having an uncertain look on your face any more than an ordinary man can. And then you try to gauge this man's feelings and seek to influence his mind. But with him, what is called, quote, the virtue that advances a little each day, which is a good way of saying spiritual seeking and development, over time but with him what's called the virtue that advances a little each day would not succeed much less a great display of virtue he will stick fast to his position and never be converted though he may make outward signs of agreement inwardly he will not give it a thought how could such an approach succeed and let me just you know give a second uh <coughs> recommend a a second uh, supporting position that I frankly think being grave and empty-hearted diligent and of one mind is pretty darn good Uh, but it doesn't have to be but but to the extent that the person is committed on having the other one change there's an issue being grave and empty-hearted diligent and of one mind Without attachment to an outcome is different than having an attachment to an outcome. Um, One could say, I I seek an outcome, but I'm not attached to the outcome. The outcome being the tyrant becomes benevolent or stops harming his people. Or the self-harmer learns love and heals. Or the client or the friend... Um, wakes up to some greater understanding. Hoping or seeking uh, 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 some kind of, you know, metanoia, conversion, uh, transformation of mind. Metanoia means uh, beyond mind. It's very interesting. Meta Greek, meta means like metaphysics, beyond or greater or further physics, meaning of interdimensional or non-physical. Metanoia, noia as nous, as knowing, no, the same as gnosis, no, gno, no, gnosis, gnostic, yana, yani, same, knower, metanoia, beyond or further than mind. Hmm. That's how radical transformation happens. It's an in, it's a, it's a breakthrough of spirit into mind. <clears throat> it's a receptivity of mind to what's greater than mind. It's a conversion or transformation or radical reversal of mind that was triggered by an opening uh, to spirit, which is six chakra, seventh chakra, which is the light of God came into that mind and temporarily the mind was, um, you know, um, had apotheosis, had a uh, sublimation into the spirit. Uh, A spiritualization of mind, a uh, descent of spirit to mind, a breakthrough of non-duality into dualistic monastic function. Uh, Something greater than mind has happened to mind. Uh, That's called breakthrough, that's called transformation, that's a metanoia, that's greater than mind, transformation, reversal, awakening of mind. It's very possible but attachment to that is different than simply seeking it uh, i i can don't be you know the the number one guidance in karma yoga karma yoga the the yoga of action or doing like seva yoga the yoga of service which we're all involved in more or less at least if we're trying to be helpful anytime um, one you know principle number 1 or uh, in in Karma Yoga, Seva Yoga 101, Um, the first law is uh, serve without attachment to outcome. Of course, act and serve and do and help and be whatever you want to be in uh, an attempt to be of service or benefit without attachment to outcome. And so there's grave and empty hearted, diligent and of one mind without attachment to outcome. And that, I think, is a very fine approach. With a tyrant, <laughs> I don't know. I don't normally uh, try to advise them. So, but there, but th- this this point that um, uh, even the sages cannot cope with men who are after fame or gain, much less a person like you. Um, there's a lot of wisdom to that, and one should be careful. So, okay, then Yan Hui gives a second approach to Confucius and says, well then, suppose I am inwardly direct, outwardly compliant and do my work through the examples of antiquity. So he's direct, he's compliant on the outward, but he's straightforward with his uh, core principles that he's offering. Uh, And do my work through examples of antiquity. Classical Chinese approach. By being inwardly direct, I can be the companion of heaven, By being a companion of heaven, I know that the son of heaven and I are equally sons of heaven. Son of heaven as a term for the ruler. Then, why would I use my words to try to get men to praise me, or to try to get them to not praise me, or get them not to praise me? A man like this, people call the child, this is what I mean by being a companion of heaven. Sounds good to me too, right? Sounds pretty sophisticated. By being, he goes on, by being outwardly compliant, I can be a companion of men. So being a companion of heaven by being inwardly direct, um, centered in truth, principles, principles of truth. And, and not trying to get people to praise him or trying to get them not to praise him. Don't praise me or do praise me. Neither. Uh, people call the child. Uh, this is what he means by being companion of heaven. That sounds pretty good the question is, is there at attachment to outcome or not? <laughs> is it a demand? Are they inwardly demanding the other change? Even they're outwardly compliant. Then he goes on, being outwardly compliant, I can be a companion of men. Okay, And now we go into the rituals of the court. Lifting up the tablet, kneeling, bowing, crouching down. This is the etiquette of a minister. Everybody does it, so why shouldn't I? If I do what other people do, Uh, They can hardly criticize me. This is what I mean by being a companion of men. Okay, sounds pretty good. Then, by doing my work through the examples of antiquity, very common in Eastern uh, scholarship, I can be the companion of ancient times. Though my work may in fact be lessons and reproaches, they belong to ancient times and not to me, because they're framed that way. In this way, I may, be a bl- I may be blunt, but I cannot be blamed. Not true. You can be blamed. This is what I mean by being a companion of antiquity. If I go about it in this way, will it do? Confucius said, goodness, how could that do? You have too many policies and plans, and you haven't seen what is needed. That's pretty important, right? Do you see what's needed in the moment? You will probably get off without incurring any blame, Yes. But that will be as far as it goes. How do you think you can actually convert him? You're still making your mind or making the mind your teacher. Mm-hmm. Making the mind your teacher. Rather than, presumably, seeing what's needed. Seeing what's needed with no outcome, no attachment to outcome. Mm. So what does it mean, making the mind your teacher? It was note four, and... Burton Watson says, not the natural or given mind, but the mind that makes artificial distinctions. And so, this is the idea of um, what's originally round being squared by man, meaning man or human beings, um, reworking what is natural and... actually could be seen to be in perfect order as is, Uh, like adding a head to your head or frames in empty space, Uh, an unnecessary add-on, squaring the round, uh, making your, I think in this case, too many policies and plans. Uh, It's it's the difference, you know... it, it's the the beginning musician versus the master musician. The beginning musician tries to remember note to note to note. The the master musician or the musician who's really uh, hugely accomplished and experienced um, can has a different relationship to the to the to the score to the um, to the sheet music. <laughs> they're not using sheet music, and they're, they they know the notes i presume uh, but there's a certain kind of freedom uh they they have a certain kind of freedom that the beginner doesn't have and you could say they flow with it and they're creative with it but that that's not exactly what i mean uh they know they they know the the goal and they're not uh attached to the means they may be proficient with the method, Um, but they're in some ways um, already uh, in harmony with uh, the the piece of music as done beautifully. (laughs) Something like that. It's sort of like they don't need to think about it, they just do it. They're in the groove. There are all sorts of definitions or explanations for that, but it's hard. I don't know. I don't have a perfect one right now. Uh, there's There's an effortless way that has a better outcome than a very careful, um, analytical, uh, way of adhering to principles. It's like cooking, right? Cooking with, um, precise, um, precisely measured, um, ingredients and, you know, using, <laughs> using, uh, uh, laboratory scales, to measure ingredients in a in a cooking recipe in a preparation of a dish, versus uh, not needing to do that at all, and it comes out perfect or beautiful or, or yummy or something. Uh, knowing knowing the the outcome, knowing knowing a uh, preferred outcome so well that one is very much in harmony with it. During the means to it. During what seems to be prior to it. It's sort of. In sales it's called. no know, uh, um, Knowing. The, uh, I forgot the term. It's sort of like. Um, presume the sale. I mean without. I mean people can manipulate. But without manipulation. Sort of. Being where you seek to go. Being in harmony now. With the goal. That yet has not been fully achieved now it's some kind of something subtle like that anyway yan wei said i have nothing more to offer may i ask the proper way <clears throat> confucius blasts him and says you must fast i will tell you what that means do you think it's easy to do anything while you have a mind if you do bright heaven will not sanction you <laughs> bright heaven ming tian ming tian like tomorrow Ming um, Tian, bright heaven, won't sanction you. So there we got the Tao and Tao Da and heaven and earth. Bright he- heaven doesn't sanction you while you have a mind. This is the lower mind, the monasic. It's a dualistic, dualizing, uh, very um, small, focused, uh, narrowly focused mind. Yan Wei said, well, <laughs> trying to understand what Confucius means by fasting. He said, well, My family is poor. I haven't drunk wine or eaten any strong foods for several months. So can I be considered as having fasted? Confucius replies, This is the fasting one does before sacrifice, not the fasting of the mind. Yan Wei replies, May I ask what the fasting of mind is? Confucius said, This is a top of 893. Just a second. Confucius replies, Make your will one. Make your will one. Which means certainly get beyond any self-conflict. Don't listen with your ears. Listen with your mind. No, don't listen with your mind. Listen with your spirit. Metanoia. Listening stops with the ears. The mind stops with recognition. But spirit is empty and waits for all things. Like the matrix of spirit card. Mm -hmm in the raw material, or the the significator of spirit. The way, the Tao, and here's, these are core teachings. The way, the Tao gathers in emptiness alone. The Tao gathers in emptiness alone. Emptiness is the fasting of the mind. So, listening with your spirit, making your will one, right? Will is of spirit. Will is not of mind. Will is above mind. What directs mind? Will. What directs attention? Will. What is attention? Awareness. (laughs) It's basically reflectivity or sentience. It's uh, ultimately intelligent infinity or infinite intelligence or non-bound awareness. Tat-sat-chit. Tat-sat-chit. So, what is the way of the fasting of mind? Well, make your will one. Certainly no conflict or no blockage up to six chakra, that kind of thing. And listen with your spirit. The spirit is empty and waits for all things. Pure receptivity. The Tao gathers in emptiness alone. Emptiness is the fasting of the mind. Okay. Yanwei said, before I heard this, I was certain that I was Hui. (laughs) But now that I've heard it, there's no more Hui. So depersonalization or radical, non-dual, freedom from identity. Temporary freedom from identity—can this be called emptiness? And Confucius says that's all there is to it, <laughs> meaning freedom from identity. Oh, I see. That's all. Hmm. <clears throat> it, it's in many ways a freedom <clears throat> from the attachment of grasping and aversion, loving and hating, uh, making a big deal out of and suppressing, avoiding the constituents of personality. Right. My my preferences either avoiding them or denying them or suppressing them or being dishonest with oneself or exaggerating them, making a big deal out of me, me, me-hood. So, neither making a big deal out of this mind and this presumed identity, nor suppressing, avoiding, pushing away, getting stuck in hate of the constituents of personality and mind as well. Ah. So, I was certain I was way, now there's no more way, Uh, Can this be called emptiness? Yes, so anatta and sunya. Uh, So to some degree you can say this emptiness is not so different in some ways. It's not quite the same, but in many ways this fasting of the mind as emptiness, as uh, pure receptivity, mind uh, listening with spirit waits for all things. Um, Obviously it's not mental proliferation, samskara, of uh, monkey-mindedness. It's also a a freedom from preference as well. Preference means I hate it, I need it, or I won't see it, or I'm going to make a big uh, drama out of it. So neither dramatizing nor avoiding. (laughs) Mm. The middle way. Hey, hey, it's sati again. Back to mindfulness, neither not grasping attentiveness, not getting stuck in, uh, I hate, and I, and it isn't not getting stuck in, "Oh my God, it's the biggest thing in the whole universe, um, self self-elaboration or self- um, cherishing uh, typical forms of uh, Im- you know drama, drama, dramification, or making a big deal out of uh, phenomena of the mind or my personal process. neither of those. <clears throat> uh, that kind of emptiness is akin to anatta, meaning freedom from rigidly held identity. This is all six chakra and above uh, working. Can this be called emptiness? There's no more way. And Confucius says, that's all there is to it. Now, I'll tell you. You may go, (laughs) meaning, um, if you can be in such emptiness, because he's not attached to reforming the tyrant. He's not attached to um, an outcome. That's, what, that, that, that's part of this emptiness of mind or, or fasting of mind, real emptiness. He's not attached to the outcome of successful reforming of the tyrant. But he also does hope that that happens. That's why he's there. And so there is something that he wishes, but he's not attached to it. And his method is a non-method. This is Wu Wei. His method is no method. The method is uh, spirit empty, waiting for all things, listening with spirit, fasting mind, no more no more identity or no more attachment to identity. Hmm. So, Confucius goes on, now I'll tell you, uh, after he said that's all there is to it, <clears throat> you may go and play in his birdcage, but never be moved by fame. If he listens, then sing, if not, keep still. Have no gate, no opening, but make oneness your house and live with what cannot be avoided. Then you will be close to success. Very deep teaching, page, mid, page 93. And so, uh, never be moved by fame. If you're flattered and rewarded and uh, um, don't get don't get puffed up by it. If he listens, then sing. If not, keep still. Be there, being there, (laughs) Chauncey Gardner. You want to see, if you want to see this emptiness of mind, look at Chauncey Gardner, the movie Being There. Perfect example. I mean, you can say that he's a dissociative schizophrenic or a schizophrenic dissociative identity disorder or something, or that he's mentally retarded. You can say all sorts of psychological uh, diagnostic, diagnostic terms, no problem. But (laughs) his effect is quite positive and profound. Profound and positive. Profoundly positive on the people around him. Mm. That's in play too. And so you want to see what fasting of the mind looks like in a completely non-strategic, natural way with no even view that that's what he's doing. He doesn't even know he's doing that. And if you ask him, what are you doing? He wouldn't say, I'm doing anything. I'm just... Listening to you right here. That's good. <laughs> That's all he knows. He's totally present. And he may have, you know, be well uh, diagnosed in multiple uh, schizophrenic uh, diagnoses. Sure. Okay. But that looks a lot like this. Um, this fasting of mind. So, if he listens, then sing. If not, keep still. Have no gate, no opening, meaning uh a means of being manipulated and um you know if you if you you know self the sense of self is a bounded identity it's a mentally fashioned bounded sense of of identity what the hell is identity agency i mean what what can we say <laughs> self 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 identity being uh, personalism sub- subjectivity whatever that is yeah it's a, it's a presumed, uh, separative, bounded uh, point of, um, of awareness agency. I Now, Gautama was called the all-around eye. All-seeing eye? Similar. But he's obviously not Illuminati. So we're talking about unbound awareness, right? Otherwise called infinite intelligence or intelligent infinity that's akin to have no gate no opening um, the house of self has no walls or ceiling the formless the uh, form, bringing formlessness to identity <laughs> or de- dissolving the rigid uh, boundedness implicit to our sense of our mentally conceived sense of self uh, that is what's done in non-dual awareness or non-dual awareness is a freedom from that uh that's, I think, no gate, no opening, uh, nothing to protect. And that's where they come, that's where he's coming from, saying, you know, the Jun the Ren is, walks into the fire, not get burned, and walks into the ocean, doesn't swamp or drown. Um, there isn't, there's, there's no bounded identity. I mean, identity is bounded. That's the point. (laughs) That's why it's dropped when Ra, as Ra said, they go to 7th density. They drop identity because it wasn't real to begin with. It was a mayic, illusory illusion of limits. (laughs) Yeah. Ra talks about the the manifestation of uh, this is binlan season, so we have lovely binlan flower smell in the air here. The perfumed, it's like a, a fruit, sweet fruit perfume. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, is dropped after we get out of sixth density because it was never substantial to begin with. Uh, and it's the movement to, uh, identity unbound, or no identity. No binding, no boundedness to identity moves towards non-dual awareness. And that's the condition of no gate, no opening, because there's no presumption of a bounded structure or uh, object, self, taking self as an object, mm. taking self as a subject, making subject is uh, a self-objectification. It's actually an objectification of awareness, if you can follow me here. Objectifying unbound awareness is what makes a uh, false bounded identity. mm mm this is all head chakra stuff. This is all dancing at 5, 6, 7. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the illusion of limits, as Ra called uh, the octave, as a term similar, and I don't know if they said, where they, how they used it exactly, but the logos, letting there be light, which is a concept, um, generates multidimensional octaves, which, uh, seems to be, you know, identified with this term, the illusion of limits. The illusion of limits uh, is what gives rise to the experience of having a gate and an opening and a a bounded identity or selfhood that needs to be protected, that is growing or decreasing. Actually, there is no (laughs) bounded, substantial identity that grows or decreases. The whole path is eliminating the false the entire path is eliminating falsehood. That's it. That's why Shiva's the god of yogis, not Brahma. Shiva Brahma started the whole thing, but Shiva um, breaks Shiva is the engine of evolution because as God of yogis, destroys the false. What's false? <laughs> every presumed real is false. Actually. every presumed real is false because it's presumed. If it's not presumed, it's the real, right? The real, as the indestructible, is not presumed. It's tat It is. It's such. It's tat. Tat vamasi. Uh, I is such. Reality is such. Phenomena is such. You know, and that's beyond the illusion of limits. And there's no more illusion, and there're no more limits, and that's no gate, no opening. Make oneness your house, and live with what cannot be avoided. Right? Unconditional acceptance. Then you'll be close to success. (laughs) You'll have your own success, whether the tyrant changes is another matter. He goes on. It's easy to keep from walking. The hard thing is to walk. Easy to keep from walking, meaning just sit down and don't walk. The hard thing is to walk without touching the ground. Doing non-dual doing. Non-dual performance. Non-dual activity. Comes from a mind of non-dual meaning unbound awareness, which is like complete and perfect enlightenment. <laughs> so we're not there, but we can get close. The hard thing is to walk without touching the ground. It's easy to cheat when you work for men, but hard to cheat when you work for heaven. Mm-hmm, that's right. Don't compare down, compare up. Don't compare to dumb dumbo humanity and the wicked ones. Compare to Godhead and such Chit. Compared to the logos compared to Nityananda, Gatama and the other great ones who finished. You have heard of flying with wings, but you have never heard of flying without wings. You've heard of the knowledge that knows, but you've never heard of the knowledge that does not know. Right? So the emptiness of Gnosis, the emptiness of Yana. You think is a thing? <laughs> you think that Satchit is a thing? You think that enlightenment is a thing? He goes on, look into that closed room, the empty chamber where brightness is born, the source of light. Fortune and blessing, and here's the other uh, <laughs> money shots, as they say. Fortune and blessing gather where there is stillness. Fortune and blessing gather where there is stillness. Real stillness, not thinking about stillness. Real stillness is not thinking about stillness. Real stillness doesn't know it's stillness. This is not thinking about it. Fortune, good fortune, what you want. And blessing, meaning uh, grace. Fortune and blessing gather where there is stillness, but if you don't keep still, this is what's called sitting but racing around, like sitting in meditation and mind running. Let your ears and eyes communicate with what is inside and put mind and knowledge on the outside. Put mind on the outside. (laughs) Leap into the boundless, make it your home, puts mind on the outside, actually. Put knowledge on the outside. Knowledge is a function. Um, But what is inside is reality. But what is inside is beyond knowledge or mind. That's the point. Knowledge is uh, of the uh, process or activity of mind. Mind functions and generates knowledge. Knowledge is all relative. It's sunya, but it also may be functionally useful in evolution, right? There is better and worse, right and wrong, helpful, unhelpful, wholesome, unwholesome in its consequentiality, in outcome, in uh, the karmic cycle of cause-effect. There are helpful, unhelpful, wholesome, unwholesome effects, consequences, outcomes, futures born of uh, activity today in thought, word, and deed. So there is better and worse, right and wrong. You can say maybe, yeah. Uh, in the world of, of phenomenal designation, and useful on the path to be free of attachment to phenomena, but um, that's actually outside what I is. That's outside tatvam, right? Tatvam, uh, such you, such is I. Uh, outside or such um, it outside it we have mind and knowledge it itself cannot be uh, you know <laughs> it's the great the great unknown uh, the great unknowable inconceivable. where does the fire go you can't say there was even an it to go somewhere then he goes on <laughs> then even gods and spirits will come to dwell not to speak of men Meaning, if you're really a bright, shining point without agenda, um, one becomes attractive. Yeah, right. One is attractive to higher dimensional lovers and beings and light. Um, when one is really, really free. I'm not that free, but I, I've seen those who are more free. And uh, I can see what's happening around them. This is the changing of the 10,000 things. The bond of yu and shun, the constant practice of Shi and Tu how much more should it be the rule for lesser men such as us the rule that we can you know the guidance to let eyes and ears communicate with what's inside eyes and ears ears and eyes hearing and seeing knowing and feeling knowing and accepting right eyes the ears hear uh, knowledge they hear sound Sound is interpreted uh, in a way that generates knowledge and wisdom. I see objects or forms or visual uh, phenomena and interpret them too. But to be able to see, one must accept. To be able to hear, one must accept too. But the hearing is, this is translated to knowing. And the seeing is simply acknowledged then one can interpret, but that's done by hearing. Hearing the meaning of the seeing. Hearing equals knowing the significance of what I'm seeing. But the seeing is pure acceptance, that's it. So, accepting and being with, or being, and then using mental function, but focused on the inner, not the outer. Focused on the spirit, not the mind. Above mind. Right? Metanoia. So, like that. So, Pretty deep stuff here <coughs> now let me see we're in the middle of page ninety four I'm going to read on although uh, I may not, may not be able to finish this passage um, fully we'll see so this is the next story of a student teacher student uh, seeking guidance from teacher on approaching a tyrant to reform. Duke of Shi, who was being sent on a mission to Qi, consulted Confucius. Lots of guys consult Confucius. The king is sending me on a very important mission. Qi, the state of Qi, will probably treat me with great honor, but will be in no hurry to do anything more. That's a trick, that's a technique. Even a commoner cannot be forced to act, much less one of the feudal lords, meaning the guys that I'm approaching, I'm very worried about it. You once said to me, quote, in all affairs, whether large or small, there are few men who reach a happy conclusion except through the Tao. This is a, another money shot core teaching. In, in life, there are few who, reach ha- who are happy outside the Tao. There are few men who reach a happy conclusion except through Tao. And there are few people in the world who are truly well who are not spiritual. Boom. There are very few humans, and in fact, there may be none, zero humans who are truly well. I mean really well. Not they think they're well only, they're deeply well. Uh without six chakra activation. Without six chakra activation, which means four, five as well, four, five, six, without an adequate degree of four, five, six. There's probably nobody in this world who's truly well, because the basis of true wellness, at least in this tautological definition, is a spiritual um, harmony, a harmony with with um, the transhuman with the, you know, transhuman doesn't mean robotic. (laughs) It means spirit, harmony with spirit, which means what is, which means the eternal. But it obviously is no thing. It's the basis of the thing. It's the basis of light, the source. Harmony with source is very doable to some degree with green-blue-indigo activation, which starts with morality and honesty and goes to, you know, mind transformation. So, you said, in all affairs, whether large or small, there are few men who reach a happy conclusion except through Tao. If you don't succeed, you're bound to suffer from the judgment of men if you do succeed, you're bound to suffer from yin and yang. Meaning your body will get all all funky <laughs> even when you succeed. To suffer no harm, whether or not you succeed. Only the man who has the virtue. Only the man who has the can do that. And he goes on. I'm a man who eats plain food. This is the student. I'm a man who eats plain food that's simply cooked <laughs> so that no one ever complains of the heat in my kitchens. That's an old phrase, actually, at the time. So... I'm simple, so you can't complain that I'm putting on airs, or you can't complain about me. I'm not trying to be something. Yet this morning I received my orders from the king, and by evening I'm gulping ice water. Do you suppose I have developed some kind of internal fever? I've not even gone to qi to see what the situation is like, and already I'm suffering from the yin and yang, meaning bodily disharmony. And if I don't succeed, I'm bound to suffer from the judgment of men. I will have both worries, That if he does or doesn't succeed. As minister, I'm not capable of carrying out this mission. But perhaps you have some advice you can give me, Confucius? Confucius said, in the world, there are two great decrees. One is fate and the other is duty. Very heavy. You could (laughs) sit a long time with that phrase. Two great decrees to human life or in the world, one fate, the other duty. Fate is pre-programmed catalyst and all that it entails, which is a lot or otherwise called destiny, or one's fate, one's destiny, one's course of life as as that which is uh, un, unchangeable, the, the phenomenal uh, sequence aspects of it that are unchangeable. The other is duty is obligation. That a son should love his parents is fate. You cannot erase this from his heart. That a subject should serve his ruler is duty, meaning there's some choice, There's no place he can go and be without his ruler, no place he can escape to between heaven and earth. These are called the great decrees, meaning fate and duty. Therefore, to serve your parents and be content to follow them anywhere, this is the perfection of filial piety. To serve your ruler and be content to do anything for him, this is the peak of loyalty. And what about if he's a tyrant? (laughs) That's another story. And to serve your own mind, so that sadness or joy doesn't sway or move it, or we can say, not, we don't get stuck in them, to understand what you can do nothing about and to be content with it as fate, this is the perfection of virtue, of the, perfection of the. As a subject and a son, you're bound to find things you can't avoid. If you act in accordance with the state of affairs, with what is, and forget about yourself, right? stepping outside the mind, then what leisure will you have to love life and hate death? Act in this way and you'll be all right. They're critical, normally, of uh, loving life and hating death. And he's saying, don't love life, don't hate death. But when, you're, when there's this fasting of the mind, when um, one is listening with spirit, not stuck in mind, not stuck with the personal and the preferential, preferences and feelings and me, mehood. Then one needn't, won't be natural, won't naturally, won't be loving life, hating death. Loving life, hating death, really means super attached to continuing my life at any cost, or super attached to avoiding um, the end of the life. Act in this way, you'll be all right. And he goes on. I want to tell you something else I've learned. In all human relations, if the two parties are living close to each other, they may form a bond through personal trust. But if they're far apart. They must use words to communicate their loyalty and words must be transmitted by someone to transmit words that are either pleasing to both parties or infuriating to both parties is one of the most difficult things in the world. <laughs> so, you can get in, the, the quality of relationship when there's an intermediary is quite unstable depending on how the communication is uh, transmitted. When both parties are pleased, there must be some exaggeration of the good points. When both parties are angered, there must be some exaggeration of the bad points. <laughs> Welcome to couples therapy. Anything that smacks of exaggeration is irresponsible, right? Don't be irresponsible. Don't exaggerate and minimize. But don't make a big deal out of, right? That's exaggerating. And don't play games and pretend it isn't. That's minimize. Where there is irresponsibility, no one will trust what's said. And when that happens, the man who's transmitting the words will be in danger. They get their head taken off. Therefore, the aphorism says, transmit the established facts, do not transmit words of exaggeration. If you do that, you'll probably come out all right. When men get together to pit their strength in games of skill, they start off in a light and friendly mood, but usually end up in some dark and angry one, and if they go on too long, they start resorting to various underhand tricks. This is uh, my guidance of uh, beware 3D repeaters in formation. Not information, but in-formation. 3D repeaters in formation, meaning groups. Stuff. (laughs) The worst can come. The worst comes uh, when 3D repeaters uh, make groups. And, uh, okay, do what you want. Uh, That doesn't mean it's hopeless. You can bring love light and there'll be people receptive to love light. That's true, too. So, when men meet at some ceremony to drink... They start off in an orderly manner, but usually end up in disorder. And if they go on too long, they start indulging in various irregular amusements. It's the same with all things. What starts out being sincere usually ends up being deceitful. What was simple in the beginning acquires monstrous proportions in the end. (laughs) Look at uh, religion, or check out the movie The Man from Earth, John Old Man. Uh, His story is an example of what was simple in the beginning, acquiring... uh, Hugely complex, burdensome uh, proportions in the end. Uh, words are like wind and waves. Actions... Oy, oy, oy. Time is over. Um, okay. The whistle has been blown. That's it for today. So, meaning I have to get my lunch. And also, it's oh, almost an hour five. So, this um, teaching goes on and on and on. And next time, I'm going to pick up with this at the bottom of ninety six. Uh, the basic idea is that um, (laughs) the middle of 97 therefore the aphorism says the teaching says don't deviate from your orders don't press for completion eat the food on your own plate and don't be attached to outcome to go beyond the limit is excess to deviate from orders or press for completion is a dangerous thing a good completion takes a long time a bad completion cannot be changed later. Can you afford to be careless? And so I'll repeat that next time. It's beautiful teaching, I think. Really lovely and deep and free and very um, authentic <laughs> as inner chapters versus uh, chapters 8 through uh, 33 or 32. So I hope it was useful. Sorry for the Uh, attenuated uh, ending. Um, In any case, I hope this was helpful. I think, again, we can learn a lot. I can learn a lot from this. So, in any case, thank you for being here. Uh, Please take good care of yourselves. See you you next time, and good night.